Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today we'll chat with Kat Kennedy. She's a systems analyst at NASA and lives in Houston, Texas. This was such a joyful conversation for me. I learned so much more about NASA and space and science, pushing boundaries. Most important, though, expanding my perspective and really the importance of communication and collaboration. Guys, we have to think higher. It's so exciting to imagine what's possible and what we can accomplish in the future if we work together. Kat's a great follow on Twitter. Her handle is Ticatosaur2112. She's also a big fan of dinosaurs. All right. So we have Kat Kennedy with us today. She's all the way in Houston, and we're going to talk about space and NASA and science. And I'm really excited for those that have been following, you know, kind of the books that I've been reading, kind of my perspective, looking towards the future. And why not get people on the show that know way more about science than I do? It seems very logical. So so I'm Kat Kennedy here. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me on. I'm very excited. <laughs> so, okay, so the first thing I noticed was when we were exchanging like, hey, when are you available? Um, mm -hmm. And then usually there's short windows for the guests, but your schedule seemed to line up very perfect with mine, which is like, we're recording this late morning. And mm -hmm. so it's like around 11 a.m. And you don't go to work till two, you said. Correct. Um, so we work shift work at NASA. Um, most, I would say most workers do. Um, so there's three shifts in my department. Uh, there's first shift, which is 5.45 in the morning to 1.45 in the afternoon. And then there's handover for 15 minutes for the next shift. That's the shift I'm on, um, which goes to 9.45 at night. And then night shift comes in from 9.45 to 5.45 in the morning. Um, and it rotates every month, which can kind really? of get tricky with your sleep schedule. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was, <laughs> I was just on night shift for September for the first time ever. And it was, it was bonkers. Uh, <laughs> I, How was that? It was crazy. Um, I had no life. I mean, yeah. all I did was sleep, eat and work, um, because I didn't have time for anything else. Uh, but it was it was an interesting experience. I'm the only one on site in my building, so it was it was pretty scary, but it was good. <laughs> really? So what's the prime shift? What what shift do people want the most? It depends. Um, we have people who have families, and so they like second shift because uh, they get to send their kids off in the morning. Mm -hmm. Or um, if you are living, you know, you don't have a family, it doesn't really matter. So we yeah. have a couple kids who are <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, they're night owls, so they totally love the night shift, and yeah. so it just depends. Interesting. So then, what what are you doing during your shift? What do you do at NASA? Um, so I run simulations. So if you can imagine, uh, we have people who are training to sit in mission control, and then we have the instructors who are giving them malfunctions to prep them for launch for worst case scenarios. And I'm the person that configures 
the simulation for everyone. So I'm sitting there hoping that they don't break my machine. <laughs> and most of the times they break it, but it's fine. Um, and so I don't really look at the model of the ISS, um, but I can figure What's, what's an ISS? Oh, sorry. Uh, the International Space Station. So oh. the simulation brings up the entire station um, in our software and we configure it for the exact point in time that they're docking or for launch, or if there's a fire in the ISS, right? Um, so the so, ISS, yeah. is that is that in space? Yeah, that's an, our orbiting okay. laboratory. Um, it's been up actually in a couple of weeks, it's gonna be for 20 years. Um, wow. So yeah. So you, you run the simulations so that like nothing goes wrong or if something goes wrong, you know how to handle it type of thing. Kind of, yes. And if stuff, uh, I know a couple, a couple months ago, uh, we had to replace batteries. Um, so we did a couple spacewalks like in real time. Um, and- Explain a spacewalk for listeners. Okay. I learned I'm about sorry. it like three months ago. <laughs> oh my God, they're so yeah. exciting. Um, they look very boring. Okay, so um, basically, you know, we have astronauts on the International Space Station and from time to time there needs to be just regular um, maintenance, I guess, and or changing of lithium batteries, which was the most recent one, I believe. Um, and so they actually have to come outside and get into their full suit and be outside from anywhere from six to nine hours, um, which is crazy. I, I've heard yeah. their knuckles like bleed a lot, which is crazy. Really? To me. Yeah, I just learned that and I was like, that sounds awful. Um, but um, yeah, so a couple months ago they had to replace batteries and um, if stuff is happening in real time that they need to simulate, they go to our building and say, we need to simulate it like this is flight specific for right so, now. So before someone does a spacewalk, there's a simulation, they simulate that experience or? They, so, the people who sit in mission control will simulate it for sure. Um, okay. And the crew does it um, in the giant pool that we have. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, it's like a, f I don't know how big it is. It's pretty big, um, but it has the entire ISS underwater and they do their spacewalk underwater. <clears throat> wow, really? Sorry if I'm like talking so much, I, I get really excited. No, I love it. <clears throat> wow, yeah. okay. So NASA, that's that's a pretty important job there uh, that you're doing. I try not to think about it. <laughs> yeah. I suppose, yeah, I suppose that helps. So what what got you interested in in science and NASA and and how what was your path to getting to where you are now? It's, okay, it's there's a story here. Um, so I was always pretty good at math. Um, my calculus teacher in high school uh, signed me up for calculus and just kind of said, you're, you're going to be in the class. And I was like, I guess, okay. Yeah. Um, I was a theater kid in high school. And so I was full on musical theater. This is what I'm going to do. Um, my brother's a filmmaker. It's another story. <laughs> um, and so I went to New York City to become an actor. And my freshman year of college, my first semester, I was undeclared and my brother 
goes to see every film ever and Interstellar came out and he was like, so I went to go see it for the cinematic experience, but you got to see it because you're a geek. And I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) And I remember watching it and we came out. I don't know if you're familiar with Interstellar or not. No, I don't see a lot of movies, but uh... it's so good. You got to watch it. Um, Who's, Who's in it? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. It's a Chris Nolan film. Um, Jessica okay. Chastain. Um, what's the guy who's in Batman all the time? Uh, the older guy who plays uh, Alfred. Gary Oldman. No, it's. Um, oh, that yeah, the British dude. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway, I went to go see it with my brother. It changed my life, and then two wow. days later, I uh, I was like, "That's really cool." Within the same week, I met Chris Hadfield, the astronaut. I read his book. It's the yeah, book I read I like it. six I months ago. It, it yeah. was so good. Um, and I was waiting in line to meet him because I was like, cool, an astronaut. Everyone had his book. I didn't even know he was an author. I just wanted to meet him. And I was like, what could I ask him that would just like be apropos for him? And so I asked him on a whim. I was like, um, any advice for a you know, rising astronaut. And mm-hmm. he told me to stay in incredible shape to read his first book, which I did eventually. And uh, I was wearing a math shirt and he told me, he's like, and uh, major in something technical. It looks like you're pretty good at math. That would be a good choice. And I walked out and I just started crying. I was like, this wow. is what I need to do. Yeah. Um, wow. And so that was a complete turning point. And, uh, and then I couldn't stop reading books on space and I was obsessed and um, I was like, got to work for NASA, so. Wow, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So what are your favorite books on space? Um, so my first book that I ever read was uh, Space Chronicles by Neil deGrasse Tyson. And he kind of just breaks everything down. Um, it's super informative. I love that book. Um, the Martian, it's sci-fi. I loved it. Okay. So good. Um, Buzz Aldrin wrote a book called, um, what was it called? Uh, no dream is too high. And he talks about his journey to the moon and then, uh, his life after the moon. Um, fascinating stuff. Uh, if Buzz Aldrin can get imposter syndrome, it makes everyone else feel a little better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, those are, yes, those are the the three, I guess. Okay. So I read... Yeah, I read the uh, An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. Yes. Read that one. And then this summer I read Pale Blue Dot by uh, Carl How did Sagan. you like it? It was good. Uh, this is kind of my introduction to Carl Sagan. It was, it was, mm-hmm. a, it didn't get me as like fired up as it probably okay. does other people, but I think it's a really good perspective of, you know, just how Earth is compared to everything else in the solar system. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, I have that book too, and I've skimmed it for research, but I actually haven't like sat down to read it, which yeah. is probably sacrilegious, but uh, yeah. Carl so Sagan's I noticed uh, you mentioned Neil deGrasse Tyson and reading his book. I saw that you have a, a photo with him. Oh, yes. You have photos <laughs> with other celebrities, including Conan <laughs> O'Brien and uh, what, yeah. Getty Lee from Rush, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Probably the best one. <laughs> So what was, what was Neil deGrasse Tyson like? 
I was actually wearing the same shirt that I wore to meet Chris Hadfield to meet Neil deGrasse Tyson. It was a couple okay. years later. And he picked me out of the crowd because he was being surrounded. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I was waiting to ask him or just meet him, I think. Um, and he picked me out of the crowd and he goes, I love your shirt. What's your favorite kind of math? And I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, uh, calculus? It was not my favorite, but um, he's very... He's kind of a gentle giant. The man is huge. I mean, okay. I don't know if you saw his his hand. It's like a bear claw. Yeah. But he's he's very um he's a I I don't know how to explain him. Um exactly how you see him on TV. Uh mm. but very very kind, very kind. So so you're living in New York City and then you realize I'm really into space. I want to, I want to pursue this. So what's, what's the next step after that? Where'd you go? Um, So I went into teaching. (laughs) Really? Yes. Um, For a year, I taught uh, seventh and eighth grade mathematics. And um, so the goal was astronaut. And one of the routes that you can take is if you teach for three years. And I never really got that until I got into teaching and I said, ah, I understand now. Why is <laughs> that? It, uh, the, the mental juggling that you have to do is like out of, it's, it's insane. Um, putting out like, several fires and- Like sorry. just from teaching, you get like all these different, you're juggling yes. a lot of different things. Yes, um, yeah. and just, it's a very, um, high stress environment um and that's why i only did it for a year i couldn't i couldn't do it anymore um and i had a coworker who said just just apply to nasa and see what happens and uh two months later i i got the call so wow yeah so you're teaching in new york or uh i went back home for a year Uh, so i was teaching in mission texas yeah which is even closer to the border so yeah, where so where are you from? You're from Texas originally. Yes, Edinburgh. Okay, which is I just looked it up um, this on a map before uh, we recorded this, <laughs> but it's it's like right on the border of like Mexico, mm-hmm. um, right next to uh, what's what's the city with an M? Uh, McAllen. Mac- McAllen. Yeah. So when you were growing up, did you hear a lot about NASA in Houston or? Um, kind of. I, it was very much, you know, personally sought out. Uh, I got a telescope in high school. And so I would like look at, you know, the moon and the planets and stuff, but it was um, never something that was, you know, it didn't seem very reachable. Cause it's like, oh, like wicked smart people work there, you know? Um, So kind of, sort of, not, not a whole lot. I suppose too, like Texas is so big that, you know, w- what city did you like as your community um, right on the border, what city closest to you did you guys identify with? There's San Antonio and, and, and other oh, ones. No. <laughs> so when people would ask me uh, in college, you know, like, where are you from? I'd be like, Texas. And they're like, okay, okay, like Austin. I was like, uh-huh. okay, like five hours south. And they'd be like, uh, I don't know. Um, but I'd have to literally pull out a map and be like, okay, zoom in and uh, that part. Um, but 
you know, McAllen, Edinburgh, they're not very, very well known if you're not from the area. So. Yeah. So, so like no, no city really. Just no Texas, city. Right? Yeah. 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 Huh. Okay. So I'm someone who I appreciate scientists and math. <laughs> it's not, it's not my thing, but I appreciate that mm -hmm. people are doing it. So I, I don't know much about NASA or I hear about SpaceX and then now there's yes. like Space Force. Like what, what are, what are they? <laughs> what do they each do differently and how are they unique? And Okay. Um, oh, this is all right. So NASA is government funded. Um, we, we have, I believe it's about 13 or 14, um, bases around the country and they all are for different things. So um, Houston is for manned or sorry, crewed space flight. Um, so we train the astronauts here, we simulate the environments, et cetera. Um, JPL, which is Jet Propulsion La uh, Lab in California does the rovers and more engineering stuff. Um, then you have headquarters, all this stuff. Um, so we're the main hubbub for space flight. Uh, SpaceX okay. is Elon Musk. Uh, mm. It's a private organization. And they're also making, um, you know, they don't have astronauts yet, but they also have uh, spacecraft. And so we call them a customer of NASA. So okay. we have SpaceX people come in and train um, to sit on console and do all that stuff um, so that we can have people who are trained um, in SpaceX uh, flight software, uh, and we don't have to train our NASA people, if that makes sense. Um, so is so, there like this collaboration and kind of? Yes. Okay. For sure. Um, and there's also SpaceX headquarters in California. And so we integrate both mission control here and SpaceX mission control whenever we use a SpaceX um, launch or what have you. Um, and Space Force, <sighs> um, it's also, it's a branch of the military now. Okay. Quote unquote, I think it's the sixth branch. Um, but yeah, so it's basically supposed to militarize. That's a word. I just made it one, uh, uh -huh. space. So basically protect our country in space. So like use, use the technology that we have in space <clears throat> to to yes. like, if anything, ha you know, yeah, trying to mess with us, you could kind of in space. I just, uh, it's, it's such a big controversy. Uh, but yes, they, there hasn't been a whole lot of space force coming in. Um, I don't know much about it. I hope it doesn't keep going. But okay. yeah, that's my opinion. Anyway, so, so SpaceX and NASA, like, what is What's the ultimate goal of SpaceX compared to mm -hmm. NASA? That's a good question. Um, for NASA, it's always been, let's go back to the moon and let's go to Mars eventually. Uh, SpaceX is kind of just helping us along the way. Um, for SpaceX's goal, I think they just want to get more people to be able to go into space. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you heard about Tom Cruise flying next year. Uh, no, I haven't. So he's flying on a SpaceX ship um, to film on the station next October, which is kind he of would insane. do that. 
yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, come on, Ethan Hunt. Um, and so, yeah, so SpaceX wants to make it more readily available for the public and so that we can commercialize space. Um, and NASA is just very much, I, I would say, like more classic and more. Um, it's more like the science, the science of it and the like exploration and just the the nerdiness of it, I would say. Yes. Thank you. That's a great way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's out there? Let's explore it. Um, let's learn more and more and more. SpaceX also kind of completes that goal by getting more people interested by making it more accessible to every everyday folk like, yes. like myself. <laughs> and, and yeah. Which is which is cool too, you know. I think it's a great way of expanding and educating everyone and saying, hey, like, you know, perspective and all that good stuff. Um, I just think there needs to be necessary precautions, of course, before they go for it. But yeah. So you mentioned perspective. Why don't you mm-hmm. give listeners and and viewers a perspective of Earth in relation to the solar system? Okay. Okay. Um, so I wrote down some notes, uh, just so I wouldn't screw this up. Um, okay. So we have our earth, um, and we're, it's the sun, Mercury, Venus, which is our sister planet because they're about the same size as us. Which one? Venus? Um, Venus. Yes. Um, Venus, earth, uh, oh God. Mars, (laughs) Mars, <laughs> Jupiter. I have it on a tattoo, so I never forget. But nice. um, <laughs> Jupiter, uh, Saturn, and then Uranus and Neptune. Uh, after that, you have Pluto. Um, but Pluto has not completed um, an entire orbit since we uh, discovered it in the 30s. So Pluto's way out there. Yeah. Um, I could keep, do you want me to keep expanding or just? Oh, keep expanding, yes. Okay, so you got Pluto that's way out there. Um, And then you have this thing called the Oort cloud, O-O-R-T. And uh, basically it's just like this thing that surrounds our solar system of like icy debris and just like these rocks and it surrounds it. Um, After that. So we have like Earth is in is it like a galaxy? So we're in a galaxy, right? So, yeah. So, oh, wait, no, solar Oort- system. A solar Earth is in a solar system, right? Correct. Which and then the solar-, solar system is in a galaxy. Correct. Okay. Um, and so in galaxies, there it's been theorized that in every center of the galaxy, uh, we're in the Milky Way, um, there's a black hole. Um, and we're very far away from black hole, but um, the Milky Way galaxy has like hundreds of thousands of suns or stars um, with hundreds of thousands of planets. Um, in the Milky so Way? In the Milky Way, yeah. Oh. So if you think <laughs> if you think of this, our solar system times 100, 200,000 of them, um, it's pretty wild. Uh, so that's the Milky Way and to get to the center of our Milky Way from us, it would take light, which is um, the fastest thing known to men, um, 100,000 years to get to the center where the black hole is, um, which is huge. After the Milky Way, we have our local group, which is just, um, I don't know why I keep doing air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry. Um, After the Milky Way, you have our local group, which is just a smattering 
of other galaxies, the same size, if not larger than our galaxies. Um, after that, you have the Virgo supercluster, which is thousands of galaxies and within them hundreds of thousands of planets and stars. After that, you just have the observable universe to what we know it as. Um, and it's crazy to think about. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's a very, you know, I actually said to a friend the other day, I was like, um, he was asking me like, why aren't more people looking up, you know, and just saying like, you know, our day to day is so not relevant sometimes. Um, and I was like, well, you know, some people like their universes small and that's okay. Um, they only mm. like it, you know, and some yeah. people like them really big. Well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, so I grew up on a farm in Wisconsin and okay. so I can see the stars and I live here in Chicago and uh, this summer, you know, there's not, not a whole lot of things to do uh, mm -hmm. with, with COVID and everything. So, so it's like, why don't we, why don't we just camp out on the farm? So yeah. I had some friends here that are from the city. Uh, one of my friends is from Mexico city. So he's never, been out to the countryside so we're going up to wisconsin and mm -hmm. and then we're we're camping out and we can see their stars it's it's vivid and it's mm -hmm. wonderful and it's it's interesting that you could look to the northeast and you could see like a lot of light and i mm -hmm. they're like what's that and i said that's milwaukee so like oh wow so they if you're in the city there's so much light pollution that you don't get to see the stars Right, right. Um, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Uh, just, I mean, where I'm at, I can I can see a few stars and I can see, you know, the bright planets if they're in the sky, but it's definitely worth it to go somewhere where there's no light pollution and just look up and be like, oh my God, just be mind blown. It's, it's one of the best things ever. Like, What in, um, where, where have you been like without a telescope where you could you were the most awestruck by the stars um i went to colorado last summer and it was a i went with this group uh it was actually for a dinosaur dig um oh, and we nice. did all things dinosaur it was it was awesome um but we stayed out i wanted oh gosh the name slips but i want to say it was colorado spring springs um we stayed in yurts and we could stay in a yurt or we could stay in the hotel and i was like i'm going full yurt What's and a yurt? uh it's like um it's like a glamorized teepee almost oh, okay. like it has it has like heating and like a bed and it was really cool um but you could hear the wind very vividly um but i remember walking outside and i was like i have to go outside at like 3 a.m i'm gonna wake myself up and I walked outside and obviously, you know, your eyes get used to it, but it was like, you could see um, the, uh, I don't want to say space dust, but you could see pieces of the Milky Way. And I wow. was just like, I was out there for like 30 minutes and I was like, this is, you can't get better than this. And then you saw the mountains and, oh, it was wow. amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> So what, what has, what like, what recent event has NASA the most excited? 
Um, so that's already happened like recently yeah. or like, okay. Um, I would say we had a demo two launch back in May. Um, it was the first time that we had crew on a SpaceX spacecraft. Okay. Um, and it was the first time since the end of the shuttle mission, which ended in, it started in the eighties and it ended in 2011 that we launched from American soil. Um, so that was huge. Um, it was Bob and Doug were the astronauts and they went to the station. Um, they stayed for a couple months and then they came home on the same ship um, and they made it safely. But uh, wow. first time commercial vehicle that has been crewed and first time on American soil in about 10 years. So that was wow. huge. I actually did their final simulation before launch. So I was like, no pressure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you have two, you mentioned two astronauts. How many people behind the scenes are there working to make sure that everything goes right? At Houston or? When so you, there's, there's so many people that they're in different so, cities and different yeah. countries, um, maybe. Yeah. Um, I would say my dad asked me this a couple of days ago and he was like, how many people work at NASA? And I was like, I have no idea. I would say at Houston, there's um, probably maybe a couple thousand that are behind flight operations, okay. which are because um, some people are like in the moon rock lab and doing d the suits and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but as far as flight operations, I would say a good couple thousand um, wow. that are doing everything from, you know, training the astronauts to running simulations to um, sitting in mission control, all of that stuff. Wow. And then reading uh, Chris Hadfield's book, you, you like, you get a sense of like the type that, an astronaut is yes for <laughs> so sure. you have to be like you have to know like everything about science you have to be in great shape you have to mm -hmm. know how to fix anything <laughs> that you have be a to, mechanic yeah oh my goodness yeah wow. it's um they're very they're very straight people like um they're all extremely professional, very yeah. militant. Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, they're gods. I, their resumes are like scrolls long. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> wow. So what's, what's something that NASA is excited about in the future of like discovering, potentially discovering? Yeah. Um, I would say uh, the next, we're in the Artemis gem generation. And so Artemis um, in Greek mythology is the twin sister of Apollo and Apollo, we landed on the moon. Um, okay. And so Artemis is supposed to land the first woman on the moon. Um, and so Artemis one launches in the summer of 2021 um, and Artemis two and three are supposed to take the first crew back to the moon. Um, so, and boots on the moon by 2024. So that's like the most, we're starting simulations on that and it's extremely exciting. What do you mean like boots on the moon? What, what, what does that mean? And how is that different than like in the sixties when we, when someone walked on the moon? Yeah. Um, so we're definitely doing, um, we're putting out satellites before we even put crew on the ship. Um, and we're also launching gateway, which is basically going to be a station, like a gas station that, 
uh, orbits the moon um, for like a launch pad to Mars. But boots on the moon, really? sorry. Yeah. Um, and so we're also pulling from different um, different space organizations, Blue Origin, SpaceX. There's, I think there's 11 that are helping us get to the moon. That are 11 what? 11 what? Like 11? Like space organizations okay. that are just like building stuff for us. Um, but yeah, so I believe Artemis 3 or 4 is just going to land on the moon, stay there for a couple days, um, do some science experiments, and then come back home. Um, very Do Apollo some science experiments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just, you know, woke up and was on the moon. But um, yeah, it's going to be very Apollo-like, but it's, it's ramped up. Um, so it's very exciting. Wow. So are we at the point now where like we have this understanding of how big the universe is mm -hmm. and we're spending less time and uh, money maybe discovering that stuff and learning about that. And we're more so like making moves to like do stuff in space. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry, what was the question again? So are we, like are we at the point now where, okay, we kind of get where space is, like what space is, mm -hmm. let's just do stuff in space now. You know, I wish that was, that was the plan. <laughs> um, it's, it's hard to, I'm not, it's hard to explain um, because it is such a government organization. And so, mm. Um, everything we do has to get passed, right? Um, yeah. And it's it's hard uh, because you know we do need to go back to the moon to get more info and more data so that we can go to Mars. Um, and I wish it was as easy as, hey, like, why can't we just build a space probe and go to the Andromeda galaxy? You know, <laughs> um, because people are like. We need a full plan, you know, we need all this money. Um, I wish Congress would just give it to us. Uh, but yeah, it's it should be that easy at this point because everyone should know, I feel, um, you know, look at our place in the stars, like we should be doing this. This is what we've been doing since the beginning of time is exploring. Um, and people are still saying like, it's not worth it. Like we have wars that we need to fund, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know, it's it's hard, it's hard. <laughs> so is that like, um, so yeah, you mentioned that problem. Is the solution more communication and collaboration around the world to kind of like get on the same page and show the perspective of where we are as humanity and and like what we can do yeah um so i've actually been thinking about this because i just rewatched scott kelly's documentary on netflix which he spent a year in space um along with a russian cosmonaut and um he said he's when they're going to launch um it's him and his name was misha kornienko and he's from russia mm -hmm. um and he said, you know, we're going to be spending a year together. You would think because of our country's, you know, abrasiveness towards each other that we 
wouldn't be friends, that we would be talking about politics all the time. And he goes, uh, we never talk about politics because we're doing something that's bigger than the both of us and bigger than governments. Um, And he's like, we're just focused on the mission. And so I really think, you know, we have Russian cosmonauts come in all the time. We actually just got our first uh, United Arab Emirates astronaut. He's been coming into NASA. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a testament to like, if we can do it in space, we should be yeah. able to do it down here. Like, come on, people. Um, but again, it's it's that perspective that people don't have. And I think it's just, you know, education, maybe, um, to be like, hey, stardom young. <laughs> Show them, you know, to look up at the stars and not down at your phone every day. Um, but yeah, I think the world is pretty much on the same page. It's just, you know, so petty stuff. How do you get more children interested in like science and engineering and math? Um, that's why I went into teaching. I, it's also a hard. You're asking such hard questions <laughs> in a good way. Um, I just, I think you have to start them by saying this is fun. That's it because I had so many of my kids come in and say, I hate math, I'm horrible at it. And I was like, okay, you already coming in with that. Like years of just like math is awful, science is awful. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, let's try and change that perspective and say like, look at the things that you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I think it needs to be more fun in the classroom and not just black and white, here's your workbook um, you know, fun activities to get kids engaged. Um, yeah. So you're, you're interested in space. That's led you to space. Uh, so does your interest in science cross other, other fields? I, I know you're into dinosaurs. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so I love paleontology. I actually, while I was applying to NASA, I was like, maybe I should just go into paleontology. This would be cool. Um, Paleontology, math. Um, I love like electrical currents too. So I like soldering and stuff like that. Um, nice. Pretty, <laughs> yes, random. Um, and I'm really into plants at the moment. So kind okay. of uh, biology and stuff. Yeah, super. I have too many plants in my apartment. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of curious about a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of science. I just wish I, I could, you know, take more classes. If someone paid me to get my PhD, I would do it. Uh, nice. So, yeah, I guess interested in all science. That's what do you love most about dinosaurs? <clears throat> oh, um, I just think they're so. This is gonna sound so dumb. I think they're so majestic. Majestic. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that first scene in Jurassic Park where they see the Brachiosaurus mm-hmm. and he like falls to the ground and he they're like oh, freaking out. That's how I see it. I get so yeah. emotional over them. Um, I just think they're, they were so beautiful. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just What's your favorite dinosaur? Sings. Ooh, Pachycephalosaurus. 
That's uh, the bald head that he yes that yes. ram ram each mm-hmm. other's heads together. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think he's so underrated, and that's why I love him. He's like the Ringo of the Ringo star of like the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite? Um, <clears throat> when when I was a kid, I always liked Triceratops, but as adult, uh, I kind of like the Utah Raptor. Most. Okay. Okay. So it's very like the cool. biggest version of a raptor. Yeah. And raptors are very intelligent creatures and they hunt collaboratively and in packs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the Utah raptor, I it's like T-Rex one. because I have, I mean, like I've been a, a member at the Field Museum here in Chicago for okay. a long time. So I can see Sue whenever I want. That's and it's awesome. just like this big, big <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex just, it and it's full, crazy. right? They're, yeah, they're the most full complete skeleton. that I know of so far. Um, wow. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do in the city. It's my favorite place yeah. is uh, just walking through the evolving planet with all these fossils. And you just That's like, so cool. oh, it's the best. Yeah, I, I can't really explain it. Um, and it seems I actually have a Pachycephalosaurus skull tattooed on me, but I I just don't. They're just awesome. And I feel, yeah. you know, there's so much more left to uncover about them. It's fascinating. It's like a, a different world, yeah. you know? And what's interesting too is like, um, <clears throat> by being interested in dinosaurs, I learned so much about like Earth's history and science just from like, I thought it's like, I learned so much about science just because I think dinosaurs are cool and I yeah. go see them all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I learned so much. We actually had um, Dustin Growick. He's a huge Twitter personality. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know him. I, yeah. I see. I'm bothered that he uh, <laughs> he he takes so many photos and interacts with my girlfriend Sue all the time. Because I'm <laughs> yeah. here with Sue, I and know. it feels like oh. <laughs> Does Sue follow you? Because Sue followed me, and I was. I was like, this is the best. This is better than NASA right now. Like, yeah, like Sue, Sue, for people me. listening, Sue, <laughs> Sue the T Rex, that Twitter account is like famous. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's so engaging. It's hilarious. <laughs> it is. Um, but yeah, we had him on our Colorado trip basically as our dino expert. Oh, that's awesome. And he seems like a cool dude. He's so cool. I was yeah. so nervous meeting him because I was like, oh my, he's just so, so cool. Um, and I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, but just learning about Earth's ecosystem back then. And he knew so much. And I learned, I was like taking notes every time he talked to us in the van. I was like, this is fascinating stuff. Like, yeah, <clears throat> that's awesome. Yeah. So I do have, I have one last question for you. Sure. Uh, sent to me by, by a listener. And they want to know if there's extra extraterrestrial life out there yet that NASA has discovered. This is the question that I get asked the most. Probably, I, yeah. I give people tours and they're like, but where are the aliens? Um, so the most recent discovery we've had, I'm sure it was like all over headlines, maybe just the headlines that I've been seeing, um, <laughs> not real headlines. Um, we found phosphine on Venus, which is a huge, um, a lot of the people on Twitter and science Twitter were saying, it doesn't mean aliens. And to me, I'm like, 
don't discourage people. Um, because phosphine is a huge harbor of life. Um, and so if it was found in the atmosphere, which is huge. Um, and so NASA has kind of been pointing towards Venus. It's like, okay, we need to put more, put more satellites, put more probes and see what's there. Um, but as for, you know, like ET, mm-hmm. not yet. Um, but we're definitely getting there because we have Europa, which is a moon of Jupiter and Oncladius, which is a moon of Saturn that are icy and they have frozen water. Um, and so I think something that people need to realize also is like, we're searching for stuff that we know can harbor life, water, but there's so many types of different ways of living. Um, mm-hmm. If you look even just on our planet, how there's creatures, you know, down way d- in the water and mm-hmm. surviving in ways that we don't, we don't know how. Um, and so that's something else that we need to look at because it's like, okay, just because there's not water or phosphine or nitrogen doesn't mean that they're surviving on something else. Um, mm. So I guess Venus is the most, is the most recent discovery. Um, okay. So I hope that answered the question. <laughs> Interesting. We're still looking. <laughs> still looking. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as big as our universe is, it's totally possible. Yeah. Well, I do. I actually do have one, another question. Sure. I'm looking at your bookshelf <clears throat> behind you. Yes. And I've never seen a bookshelf like that. It's like. It's a dinosaur. Well, it's a dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. I think wow. he's supposed to be a T-Rex. He looks a little more like Godzilla with his spikes. Yeah. Yeah. Arms. Yeah. I see that now. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely found it in the kids section. <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, I saw him and I had to bring him. I was like, there has that's the only bookshelf I need. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate yeah. this. Thank it's you so for fun. having me. Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow Kat at Ticatosaur2112. Have a blast today. Make it out of this world.